How about them worship teams, church? Love you guys. Thank you guys. High five three people and hug one person before you sit down. All right, if we have some fun today. We're in this series called Take Home Faith. We're talking about how there's some things that as Christ followers we get accustomed to doing in church, and then if we're not careful, it turns into a routine, and the only time it happens in our life is when we're in church, and we don't want that to be the case, right? We're talking about building a foundation this year attached to the rock, to our creator in such a real and authentic way that when the storms of life hit, they don't take us out like they used to. We might come out on the other side a little bruised and a little broken, but we're going to come out on the other side, and we're going to still be standing, and we're going to be stronger than we were than before the storm hit. That's the goal this year, right? So we're talking about some take-home faith. Today is, today is, is, is take-home worship. All right, now, I realize as we talk about worship, worship is not just singing songs. We can worship God with our time. We can worship God with our talents. We can worship God with our resources. We can worship God with every aspect of our life. Today, I want to talk about the actual praise and worship, the stuff that we just did. I want to talk about taking some of that home with us because too often today, um, I, I, I do this myself, this, that, that, what just happened, that becomes part of a church service and not part of my life. And what I've just been reminded over the past six months as I went through the toughest time of my own personal life is this stuff can get you through the hardest times of your life if you learn to lean on it, but it, it, won't, it won't do it if it, just ha- if it just happens here. It's gotta travel. This worship game of ours has gotta travel. It's gotta go home with us, right? That's what I wanna talk about today. I, I've fallen in love with worship all over again uh, this last summer. It wasn't the case the first time I was a part of a worship service. That was different. In fact, some of you know what I'm talking about because you're at one of our locations today and you came to church for the first time today and what just happened? You went, I don't know about this place. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, what what just happened? I got elbowed by a dude next to me in the middle of worship. Like, I don't even... My friend Eric James Parks took me to church when I was 24 and I was a hot mess. And, and he worked at the church. And, and so we're walking in and somebody asked him to go do something. And he just left me. He just left me at the door. When you bring somebody, don't do that. All right. Don't leave them at the door. Show them around. He left me at the door. And, and I didn't want these church people to think I was soft. All right. And so I got out of smoke and I was like, I'll show them. And uh, I had on. I, I called them my slacks. They were, they were a pair of dark gray suit pants that I got at a thrift store and black combat boots and a big chain wallet and a t-shirt that was about three sizes too small and a leather jacket. And I, I was thinking about it today and I was like, not that different than how I dress now. Um, 
And I didn't want these church people to think I was soft, right? And I don't know where Parks went, so I get out of smoke and get out my Zippo and... I burned through like about four cigarettes. I was just like, yo, what's up? You want a piece? You don't want none of this. I don't know where Eric went. So I'm just out there doing my thing. I was 100% the guy that every security guard was talking about in their earpiece. 100%. That's who I was right then. I've seen behind the curtain now. I know how it works. I didn't know back then. I was the guy. Okay. Parks brings me in, and I'll never forget this. Mid-song, first song. He works there, so he had to sit up front, which means his visitors have to sit up front. So we go up front, mid-song, passionate worship. They're singing about lambs and blood. And once I caught the lyrics, I was like, what? And there's a lady next to me, like, crying while she's passionately singing about lambs and blood. And then there's another lady down on her knees crying, lambs and blood. And there's a dude next to me signaling like a successful field goal had just happened and lambs and blood. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, this is how I'm going to go out. (laughs) At the hand of a man in khaki pleated pants, this is how I'm going to die. I'm in a cult. Parks brought me to a cult. I didn't realize that in the Old Testament, people would atone for their sins by sacrificing lambs, and that the Bible then called Jesus the Lamb of God who comes to this world to take away the sins of the world, and I did not know that Jesus had died on a cross to pay the price for my sins, and the blood that he spilt on that cross is what covers up every one of my mistakes in this world, and I could call on him today and receive forgiveness of my sins and his spirit to begin dwelling in my life, and I get heaven forever. I didn't know. By the way, that's the deal, and you can take him up on that before you leave today. So I didn't know, so I was freaked out. Worship was weird. But about three songs in, what, what shocked me was I kind of liked it. It was scaring me to death, and I kind of liked it. It was kind of like my first date with Jill. I love you, babe. You're so hot. Look at you. So happy Valentine's Day. So, nothing. So, what I didn't realize is there's a verse in Psalms that talks about how God actually inhabits the praises of his people. The, the Bible says that God is omnipresent. He can be everywhere at the same time. But then, but then God in his word goes out of his way to say, but when you get together, when a few of you get together like this and I'm the focus, then my presence is there in a unique way. He goes out of his way to say, when you start to praise and worship and rejoice and start to call on me and declare scriptures about your life and to talk about your love for me and to talk about the relationship we have and to talk about what I've already promised to give you in your life, when that becomes a reality for you, you're going to start to sense my presence in a real unique and special way. I didn't know that, but I was starting to feel it. I was starting to get goosebumps. I didn't even know the words. I'm scary, but I liked it. Would you put that slide up? When we decide to worship, I'm talking on good days, on bad days, 
when things make sense, when nothing makes sense, when I'm in church, when I'm at home, when I'm in the car, wherever I am. We, we get to step into this promise that he says, my presence is unique and I inhabit the praises of my people. And these, these, these are just seven examples of some times in scripture where God says, and when you step into my presence, these are the byproducts. These are the side effects of stepping into the presence of God. Number one is joy. I don't know anyone in here who would be like, nah, I'm good. Don't need it. All stocked up on joy. <laughs> My face hurts. I smile so much. I just, I don't need it. No, thanks. When I step into the presence of God, power, rest, peace, guidance, protection, confidence. These are the byproducts of when I decide to not let my circumstances dictate what I'll do, but let my worship dictate what I'll do. And I just step up and go, God, I'm just going to praise you today because I know the side effects. I know the byproducts, peace, joy, power, strength, confidence, right? Things that we pray for. Truth is that that list that was just up on the screens, on the screens, that's like those are the titles of most of our prayer requests, aren't they? God, would you please just give me joy? God, would you please just give me peace? Oh, God, I got big decisions. Would you please give me confidence? Would you give me guidance? Would you give me protection? He's like, yes, I can't wait. Would you choose to worship today and start to experience the things that I've already promised you? That's what happens when we step into his presence. Paul, Paul talks about anxiety and depression. In fact, at one point, and we're not going to get into it for the sake of time, but at one point he says that while doing ministry as a Christ follower, life got so overwhelming for him, he didn't even want to live anymore. So he knows what some of us feel like right now. He knows what some of your loved ones feel like right now. He knows what it's like to go through really tough seasons as a Christ follower and things get so hard. He doesn't even want to live anymore. He knows anxiety. He loves to talk about it because he knows how bad it can be when you're in the middle of it. But he also knows how good it can be when you realize that you can be set free, that you can battle against anxiety, that we don't have to just go. I had another anxiety attack. I had another anxiety attack, but we can actually attack back. We can actually say, no, today, through my worship, I'm going to begin to attack anxiety. And there's these two famous verses in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And if you've been around church for a long time, you've heard somebody talk about them. And especially in the world we live in with this just high anxiety world, right? Hold on. Excuse me. Since I've been pretty open and honest about the last six months of my life, it's, it's interesting that almost everybody I talk to Somewhere in the conversation, they go, I just want you to know, me too. I just want you to know, my son, I just got my, my daughter, my spouse, us too, right? It's a battle, and Paul knows it's a battle, and so he says, let me, let me tell you how to, how to fight it. And then, and then there's, there's these two verses. It says, do not be anxious about anything. Well, in everything with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God and he will give you a peace that passes all understanding. I'm paraphrasing because I should be able to quote it. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. 
And, and that right there, those verses are on coffee mugs and those verses are on stickers and those verses are memorized by a bunch of us and those are go-to scriptures and like, man, I don't have to feel anxiety. I can battle this stuff. I can fight this stuff with prayer and petition and thanksgiving. I'm going to present my request to God and I'm going to power through this stuff and he's going to give me a peace that passes all understanding and we stand on these verses, but what oftentimes happens in this, I'm guilty of this, is we fail to read the two verses before it because two verses before is where he started to teach us about how to fight anxiety. Verse four, go ahead and put that up. Rejoice in the Lord always. Hold on. I don't think you're getting it. I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. And then he goes into it. You want to fight anxiety. He says, the very first thing I'm challenging you to do is start choosing to worship no matter what you see, no matter what you feel, no matter what you understand that's going on around you. Choose to step into some worship. And listen, Satan's not going to run when you go, I'm going to put on one song. You know, I just didn't even work. Satan's not going to run when you do that. You know what? I just, I'm being attacked. So in Jesus name. Now, it's going to take what we just did. Oh, I sang the song. Now I'm going to remind myself of the scripture. Now I'm going to sing it again. Now I'm going to sing it again. How many times, Paul? Rejoice. And what if it doesn't go away? Then rejoice again. What if it doesn't go away? Then rejoice again. What if I haven't felt better yet? Then rejoice again. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. That's the first step, he says, in battling against anxiety. He says, worship is a weapon, and I'm going to fight. That's what he said. This summer, I'm talking to my pastor in Alabama, and I'm just a hot mess. And, and he looked at me at one point, and he goes, Sean, you're a fighter. Start fighting. You're a fighter. Start fighting. And there's something, something like came alive on the inside of me, just hearing him say it, just hearing somebody say they believed in me and that I could fight through what I was going through. I want, I want you to feel that right now, because I'm telling you, you're a fighter. Start fighting. And I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to know how. And I looked at him, and I'm like, well, I can be honest, because you know I'm a wreck anyways. And I told him, I go, I don't even know where to start. Ever felt that? Like, I'm so overwhelmed right now. I'm so under the gun right now. I got so many emotions going on right now. I'm so angry right now. I'm so hurt right now. I'm, I'm so confused. Like, like, I don't even know where to start. And I've got like hundreds of sermons on my computer. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what to do. He goes, all right, here's the, here's the new rules. And I spent 12 days in Alabama, I think it was. And he said, every single day that you're here, here's where we start. You and your wife get into a prayer room, hotel room, whatever you want to use. But he said, you can use one of our prayer rooms here at the church. They gave us a little Bluetooth speaker. They said, you go in this room and you put on worship music. And at the, whatever the level of the worship music is, you're going to pray out loud together at that level for 30 minutes a day. And you're going to pray and worship and rejoice and claim scripture over your life. You're a fighter. Start fighting. And, and my wife could tell you every single day for months, we've been praying. And every single day in that prayer room, I started it there. The first song I would play every single time 
I'm going to see a victory. I'd never been more depressed. I'd never had more anxiety. I'd never wanted to throw in the towel and everything more in my life. And I stood next to this huge bay window every single day. And I just looked out the window and I would just cry. And sometimes I'd just play the song and let it just ruminate. And sometimes I had the strength to sing along. And sometimes I believed it. And sometimes I didn't. And, and when it wouldn't work, I'd just play it again. And I'd play it again. And every single day for months, I've started my prayer times with, I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory, not because I feel it, because my God already said it, because I know how the story ends. I'm going to see a victory. And my first day back, I went to the New Park Meadows campus, and they didn't know I was coming, and they didn't know the relationship I have with this song. And they sang, I'm going to see a victory. And I sat out there, and man, I just could not stop sobbing, because I realized, like, I'm still broken, but I'm better, and I'm stronger, and I'm healthier and, and I've, I've listened to that song and I've claimed its truths hundreds of times over the last six months. But I got to sit there and listen to somebody else sing it for once because I just been, I hadn't been in church. I've been singing it to myself and I suck at singing. <laughs> but I started to look back and go, I see mileage. Satan didn't go away when I played it the first time. I'm telling you, I've stood on those promises hundreds of times. And I'm starting to look back and see some mileage. I'm starting, it's starting to sink in. Scientists say the voice that we believe more than any other voice on this planet is our own. You're building your faith every single time you choose to worship and declare God's promises over your life. That's what we're doing. You're a fighter. Start fighting. I want to help some of you. Some of you already got some stuff in your war chest. Some of you don't. So I want to I give, give you some artillery to take into battle. Would you put up that slide? Take a screenshot. These are my top 10. On the app, as of this weekend, there'll be a button on the Red Rocks Church app that says Sean's Playlist. I'm going to give you 31 songs that I have used over the past six months that I have wore out as I've been battling against anxiety. But here's my top 10, so take a screenshot. Every day, every single day, I start with Sea of Victory, and then I go straight to Breakthrough Live, Red Rocks Worship. And every single day, and in fact, Corey could tell you, for months, I've, I've listened to Breakthrough multiple times a day. God, I'm going to have a breakthrough. I'm, gonna, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to see a breakthrough. I'm going to see a breakthrough. I'm going to see a breakthrough. And there was one day out of the blue, I, I, bet, I bet Corey was like, I texted Corey out of the blue, and I go, Corey, I just listened to you. And there's a line in the song when, when, when you just started flowing and, and you were singing the, the lyrics and then you went, you just, you just said something like a, like a, yeah. <laughs> and when you said it, I go, something happened in my heart today. And for the first time, I actually started to believe I will see a breakthrough. I'm telling you, worship is a weapon. You're a fighter. Start fighting. It's not enough to roll up in church a few times a month and let that do the job, right? We need, it's too valuable to stay here. It's got to go home with us. It's got to, for me right now, you can ask my wife, it's what I wake up to. It's what I go to bed to. It's what, it's all I listen to in my car. I am nonstop living on worship because it's just, it just helps me declare God's truth over my life. You're a fighter. Start fighting. David in Psalm, I think it's, 55 
I'm going to read, I'm going to jump around and I'm going to read a, a few different passages from this chapter in the passage, the Passion Translation. But he actually goes so far as to say, there are times in my life when I'm so overwhelmed, when stuff is so crazy, worship is the only thing I know to run to. Worship is the only thing I can lean on sometimes. Listen to this. And, and, and understand, well, it doesn't matter. We'll get into that in a minute. Here it is. Fear and dread overwhelm me. I shudder before the horror I face. I say to myself, if only I could fly away from all of this, if only I could run away to the place of rest and peace, I would run far away where no one could find me, escaping to a wilderness retreat. Come on, somebody. You know what that feels like. I love David because he's real and raw, and he says, yeah, I'm broken, and I don't even mind telling you about it. And we know that feeling, like life gets so hard, sometimes you just want to disappear. And I just want to run, I want to fly, I want to evaporate, I don't want to live anymore, suicidal start, thoughts start creeping in, like I just don't want to be, right? That's where he's at. So, what am I going to do? I'll hurry off to hide in the higher place, into my safe shelter, safe from this raging storm and tempest. As for me, I will call upon the Lord to save me. And I know he will. It's not going to happen the first time, so I'm going to do it every evening. Every evening I will explain my need to him. Every morning I will, and here it is, move my soul toward him. Every waking hour, I worship only him, and he will hear and respond to my cry. I love that line. I've got to get my soul closer to God because I'm overwhelmed, and I can't handle it on my own. And when I know that he's promised me that there's something special that happens when I get into his presence with worship, so in the middle of this chaos, I'm going to move my soul closer to God. I choose to worship today. And he said, here's what I've learned through it all. Leave your cares and anxieties at the feet of the Lord and measureless grace will strengthen you. Oh, that's what we want, isn't it? That's what we need. Measureless grace. Tell your neighbor, say measureless grace. I was talking to the staff about this this week. And I said something, something just sort of occurred to me as I was talking to the staff about this. I was like, you know what David's doing? He's learned the art of self-medicating with worship. That's what he's doing. See, we all self-medicate differently. We'll all be tempted to, right? And, and it all looks different, doesn't it? When you feel overwhelmed, when you feel anxious, when you feel depressed, when you feel mad, when you feel confused, when you feel scared, when you feel pain, you're going to be tempted to run to something. And church people, we learn the art of dancing around things. So what we run to doesn't look quite as bad, but we're self-medicating if we're honest with ourselves and we're running to something. We run to things like binging on a show. I just watched Taylor Swift documentary this week, guys. I'm not, I'm not proud of it. I just felt like I needed to admit it. I don't... It has nothing to do with the sermon. I just wanted to tell you that's where I'm at. By myself, the whole family was asleep. It's, 
I have no excuses. Um, I'm a broken individual. It was unreal. Um, think about it, though. What do you run to? Is it, is it binging on some show so I can just escape? Is it porn? Is it food? Is it shopping? Is it marijuana? Is it a prescription pill? Is it drinking too much? Like, we're all tempted to self-medicate. Let's just be honest. And understand this, every medication has a side effect, doesn't it? My doctor this summer switched my anxiety medication, and the plan is to take it for this set period of time, and we're working through a system, and then to wean off of it, and that's the plan, and that's what I'm believing in. And right now, I'm on this different anxiety medication, and one of the number one side effects is dry mouth. Well, that doesn't, that's not a big deal, unless you're a public speaker. That's why I drink this whole glass of water during one talk nowadays. Every medication has side effects. What if you were real honest with yourself today and thought, okay, wh wh where am I tended to self-medicate? And let's, let's go even deeper. What are the side effects? Because a lot of the side effects to the way we self-medicate on autopilot, let's just be honest, we end up more tired more isolated, more alone, oftentimes carrying more guilt than before we started self-medicating, feeling more shame than before we started self-medicating, feeling farther from God than before we started self-medicating. Depression ends up being more than when it started because I was numb for a minute, but when I came back, now it's worse. The anxiety is now worse. There are side effects, right? Put that screen back up because there's side effects to medicating with worship as well. That's the side effects. Joy, peace, power, rest, guidance, protection, confidence. There are the side effects to self-medicating with worship. What if the next time you started dealing with what it is that you deal with and you started to turn to what you normally turn to, what if you said, nope, not this time. Right now, I'm going to get by myself. I'm going to flip on a song. I'm going to step into worship. I'm going to self-medicate with some praise. I've got something to tell God thank you for. And if you can't think of anything, then just go back to Jesus and go, I'll just start there. That time you allowed your son to die on a cross to pay the price for my sins so I could be saved and go to heaven. Everything over here makes no sense, but I'm going to worship you for Jesus right now because you are God and you deserve all my praise and all my worship. And then I start to experience the side effects. Joy, peace, confidence, power strength, guidance, protection, the things we are praying for almost on a consistent basis. What if God's looking at you today and he's going, I want those things more for you than you do. And you know what, son, you know what, daughter, it's your move. You can choose to step into worship and you, are, you will move your soul closer to me. And the very thing you're praying for right now will become your reality. It's your move. We just started playing this board game in my house. I think it's called Catan, but my side of the family's from Kansas, so we call it Catan. And my sister's been living with us, and every time she walks downstairs, she'll just yell, Catan! 
and we'll just all come running to the table and go, I'm in, run it. Catan. And every family has a board game player or a card player who takes way too long on their turn. And if you're like, no, my family doesn't, check yourself. Every family has that one person. This game should take about 45 minutes. It takes us an hour and a half every time because every time it's Lori's turn, she's like, mm. And I'm like, is it still your turn? How is it still your turn? Will you move? It's your move. What if God's looking at you today to go, I want you to have more joy than you've ever wanted for yourself. It's your move. I want you to have peace and strength and confidence and protection and guidance. Son, daughter, it's your move. Start taking worship home with you. Take praise home with you. Watch what happens in your soul when you find a reason to worship. Because the side effects are actually what you've been praying for. It's your move. For some of you, it'll be your first move. Never tried this before. Like This is a whole new way of approaching my problems. It never even occurred to me to throw some worship on it. I just go to what I do to self-medicate. It's going to be a, it's going to be a brand new, it's going to be a new, new thing for you. And for a whole bunch of us, it's not really that new for a whole bunch of us it's coming back to what used to be really important to us before we got real professional and real busy and real successful and and before life happened and before school got crazy and before work got crazy and before the family thing happened and before the deal, it used to be, man, I used to worship. That's what I realized this summer. I used to worship. I didn't even know the words. I got saved at 24. I went back to LA where I was living and I didn't know one single Christian and every friend I had was in the drug culture. And, and so they would all go out and I would sit at home at my apartment in West Hollywood and I didn't know what to do. And so I would lay on the floor and I would just play worship music and I would just lay there. I don't know what I'm doing, God. I'm just, I think you're calling me to live differently. And so on. I'm not doing that, but I don't know what to do. And so I'm just going to worship and it became a habit for me. I would just, I would spend hours by myself just playing worship music. And then, and then I moved to Illinois and started working at a church and I would get so overwhelmed trying to figure out how to be a pastor. And I've always had this, like, you don't have a clue what you're doing thing going on. And so I would go up to the church late at night and I would sink into the room, sneak into the room like this. And I would turn on worship music and I'd just lay on the floor and I just, cause I don't know what else to do, God. And I need peace and I need joy. And I need confidence and I need strength and I need guidance and I need protection. And, and when I'm not being selfish, what I realize is you're just worthy. You're worthy of my worship beyond my circumstances and beyond these positive side effects. You're just worthy. And so I'm just like, I used to love worship. And what I realized this summer is like for years now, see, I oversee a pretty big organization and we got a lot of locations and a lot of worship going on. And so what it's turned into for me is a job. 
something that I'm responsible for ultimately, something that I critique, something that I watch, something that I'm, hmm, I don't know. Could it have been? What if? Now maybe we should. Let's move it here. Let's do that. What about over here? Maybe we need to make a hire. Maybe we need, it's a, and I wonder if for you it's, it's just become a ritualistic part of a church service. Like it's something you used to love and now it's just what we do and sometimes I'm in it and sometimes I'm not and sometimes I feel it and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I sing the songs I like and sometimes they don't. I wish they'd let Sean sing. <laughs> Worship for a bunch of you is something you just kind of sneak out of so you don't have to deal with the parking. What, what if for some of you, you came back to this idea of no worship for me. I'll stay for both services and just worship because I just want to be in his presence because I love what he's done in my life and I love who he is and I want to declare his word over my life and I want to tell him thank you and I want to experience the byproduct. I'm a worshiper at heart. It's in me. I'm just going to worship. For some, it's a new journey. For some, it's coming back to something you used to really get into. But I'm telling you, church, worship is a weapon, and it allows us to fight for the very freedom that God has already provided us with. Would you stand up at every single location? Can I pray for you? God, I thank you for this moment as a church family. I thank you for this, this whole season of our church life and our family life. I am very aware of some very difficult things that, are, that certain people are going through right now. And then there's a whole lot of situations that I know nothing about. But what I know is we're broken people living in a broken world. And what, 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 what we need to do sometimes is come back to leaning on our time with you. Come back to stepping into your presence. I pray, God, that you would help every single one of us, no matter what level we may consider our faith to be at, whether it's a brand new thing, whether it's been a lifelong thing. I pray that, God, in a brand new way, you would help us come back to the heart of worship. You would help us move our soul into your presence through praise and worship. And it would begin to change every single area of our life. It would help us build a foundation of faith. A, a relationship with you that gets us through any storm, anything this world or Satan could ever throw at us. And we claim it in Jesus' name. With everyone's eyes closed, let me ask a couple questions. The first one is this. You're a Christian already. Maybe you have been what feels like your whole life. But what you're what you're feeling and sensing right now is God's calling you back. Not because you haven't been saved, just back to actually prioritizing time in his presence, to actually hanging out with your father, your creator, letting him speak to you, letting him minister to you, spending time speaking to him, telling him thank you, telling him you love, like you just know there's a, there's a part of me that I know God's calling me back to start reprioritizing my time in his presence. If that's you, raise your hand. We're just going to acknowledge what God's saying and we're going to make some decisions. We're going to move forward. Praise God. Yes. And the second question is this, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And although we're talking about worshiping him for what he's already done, you're sensing for the very first time, wait a minute, he's trying to get my attention right now. 
I can feel the creator of the universe. I can feel something in my heart. He's, he's drawing me into a relationship with him. And you just know, like, this is my moment. I need to respond. I want to ask God to forgive me of my sins. I want to make him the Lord of my life. And to the best of my ability, I want to follow him. I want his spirit to begin living in me so that I can experience that life to the fullest. And I want heaven forever. And this is my moment. Jesus, I want you to be my savior. If that's you, raise your hand. And I'm going to say a prayer for you as well. Oh, come on. Praise God. Oh, come on. Put them up. Praise God. Put them up high. Praise God. 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 God, I thank you for this moment. I thank you that for so many of us, you're drawing us into such a sweet space of just, just relating with you, spending time with you, shutting everything out, focusing on you and allowing that to become a foundational point of our lives. I thank you, God, for what you're doing. I thank you for the domino effect that this is going to have on so many people's lives over the course of, of, the next, of the next just countless years. And God, I thank you for the eternal lives that are being changed right now. I thank you for those who are made, who've just made that decision to put you first, to step over from death into life. And I pray, God, as we worship you, that they would sense your presence with them in such a unique and a special way today that they would just know, like, I made the decision of my life. My God is with me. And from now on, yes, I can. Church, can we make some noise? A lot of people just put their faith in Jesus. You guys all right if we worship a little bit? All right, let's worship. Let's go.